the fourth edition of Dairy Science Digest, and today we're joined by Stan Moore out of Michigan to talk to us a little bit about what we need to know to make our employees hang in there with us. Great to be with you today. My name is Stan Moore. I am uh, work for Michigan State University, have for about 29 years now. My current role is farm business management educator for the northern lower peninsula, eastern UP, but I also work uh, a lot with dairies. Uh, that was my previous role as a, was a dairy educator for the northern Michigan area. So really enjoy working with dairy farms here in Michigan, looking at the uh, employee management side of things as well as business management side of things. So reviewed your paper that's been submitted as an article in press being the effects of employer management and on recruitment, satisfaction, engagement, and retention in the farm. And immediately when I saw the title, the very first thing that ran across my mind is, wow, this is a topic that hits the nail on the head. There's not a single dairy farm that I venture onto that doesn't mention this either publicly or, or privately that employee retention and keeping high quality employees is kind of the name of the game. And I really appreciate you publishing this in the Journal of Dairy Science and really kind of getting us some tools to help us uh, keep the good employees that we have on the farm. Can you tell us a little bit about how you designed the project? Sure. We know it's a huge area. I know it's the number two cost behind feed on farms. And yet it's an area where Farms don't have a lot of experience, you know. It's it's pretty much a new thing for this generation to be into uh, employee management. Okay, so you did questionnaires, and uh, eight of the questions were open-ended, and 21 of them were on a sliding scale of one to five, and you then looked back at the correlation between the answers to the questions from the employees and some other identifying factors. But I thought what was interesting was you also interviewed the employers. Can you talk a little bit about explaining what the management questions were? Mm -hmm. The differences between employers and employees' responses. And, you know, how keyed in are we uh, to what the employees are saying? In most cases, employers are. I mean, they kind of know this is a weakness on my farm, uh, especially when the question gets asked. We were asking them in these questions, well, how do you think your employees would respond to this? And it was very interesting to see the areas where they maybe overestimated or underestimated what the employees might say. It was interesting to see where that plays. And it goes to, you know, what are you in touch with your employees? You know, the things that we looked at in this paper, uh, in contrast, were, okay, given all of that, you know, what can farmers do? to improve satisfaction, to improve willingness to stay on the farm is, is how we asked, you know, are you, what's your intention? Are you going to stay around? Would they recommend this place to other people? And how engaged were they on the farm? We wanted to know how those were impacted by all those questions. And I think the unique thing about those questions too was, you know, they were on an ordinal scale. You know, we asked, you know, on a scale of one to five, you know, what do you think about this? But I think one of the really critical pieces that we also did was encourage the uh, individual that was interviewing the employees to, to really get at, you know, what, what does that mean? Why did you give it that rating? And that really informed a lot of the responses. It gave us a lot of feedback to say, okay, you know, what's going on? One of those uh, areas was when we asked for, you know, how, how often are you coming up with ideas for the operation? We call that frequency of ideas. And Boy, when you're getting responses back that say, you know, all the time, you know, he really wants to know what, what we're thinking. 
our opinions matter to the other end of the scale where you're seeing employees say, well, I mentioned it once, but he didn't listen and, and they really don't want to hear what we have to say. And think about the the effect of that on that employee's uh, mm. uh, work performance and those around him. So, Yeah, I could almost imagine a loop because the ability or willingness to share those ideas with your manager, mm. it, it kind of feeds from the the interest to learn, the interest to be engaged. And it was neat to see how your data supported that. If you have a, a learning culture or if you have an employee that is interested in being engaged and in learning, they're going to be more likely to share ideas and then therefore more likely to ultimately improve the farm and be more satisfied with their job, which then results in the retention. And it's just a big, it's a big loop. And so, yeah. If you were to summarize what culture is most important to uh, foster in the dairy, what would be one word that would summarize that culture? I would say relationships. I mean, that when, when we looked across all of the factors, and we even grouped some of these questions together and looked at, you know, the effect of, of that group of questions on those areas. There's the old saying that employees are attracted to your business because of its reputation. Now, reputation is what your past employees are saying about you or your current employees are saying about you to a, to a large extent. Um, but they often leave the business or usually leave the business because of their direct supervisor. In many cases on dairy farms, that's the farm owner and maybe a manager on larger farms. So in employee-to-employee relationships obviously matter too, but the biggest one is that, is that direct supervisor. And so, you know, creating a culture where employees see you, um, you're present, um, you're uh, looking for their ideas, uh, you're coaching them on, you know, not only here's what the protocol is that you're supposed to be doing, but helping them understand that protocol, what goals you're trying to achieve with that protocol, how what they do impacts those goals. That type of coaching, that type of uh, being present makes a huge difference on their satisfaction, their interest in staying, their interest in recommending the farm to other people. That's probably the biggest take home. And so how do we as farmers begin to tackle that idea? And, and I mentioned a few of those, a few of those, you know, being present, knowing your, knowing your employees. Okay. Do you, if you have nicknames for your employees <laughs> versus knowing, <laughs> versus knowing their name, and uh, knowing their spouse's name, knowing their kid's name, um, mm -hmm. that's an issue, you know, and, right. and farmers need to take the time to really know their employees. You know, there's appropriate relationships. We're, we're not asking farmers to be the buddy of all their employees. It's more about do your employees think that you care about them and, right. and they're, they're being a part of your farm. I think your data very strongly supports 1.7 times more likely to stay with your current employer if you have a strong relationship. That's, yeah. that's huge. Uh, and so what we need to do better is first and foremost, have the perception that farmers can impact their employee retention period, you know, and so by once you identify that you can impact it, then developing and fostering those relationships is the mechanism it seems like for a lot of the guys i talk to they're they're always talking about how there's nothing they can do to make them stay longer but but there is you know and the other thing 
kind of the elephant in the room for me that I noticed on the feedback and the, the coaching, looking for ideas, I was concerned that uh, both Spanish speaking and women found that they were less likely statistically to, to feel like they wanted to be heard. What are producers capable of doing to foster that relationship uniquely different to target that right. effort? Yeah, in fact, it was those areas and then also the newness of the employee that really impacted those individuals being willing to speak up, to give some ideas. And, and you want their ideas, even, even if they're crazy ideas, you want right. the ideas of a new employee because it's, it's really, they're offering you a gift. They're saying, this is, this is what I think would work. Maybe crazy, but it's an opportunity for you to sit down and say, okay, uh, let's talk about that, you know, some more. Did you see that at a previous place that you were at? Let's talk through some of the implications. Maybe it's pulling an article from a popular magazine and, and looking at that particular issue, reading it together, getting some feedback from that employee. I think those three categories that you talked about, new employees, Spanish-speaking employees, female employees, if those are really big issues and you know that those are less likely to engage, and at the same time, you know that if people engage, they're more likely to stay around. Right. So the other part of our data showed that, you know, if you were sharing ideas, you were likely, you said 60% of the time you're saying, hey, I'm going to stay around for it more than another year. And if, if you weren't doing that, it was 15%. So, wow. so yeah. starting from day one, and this goes to what our organization calls onboarding. It's really, you know, what are you doing in that first day, that first week, that first month with new employees and setting the stage for I really do want to hear what you have to say. What, what was your experience today? How can I help out? Um, it's really being present with those. And if you know that Spanish-speaking employees culturally, you know, maybe they're, they're wanting to say the right thing and there's a language barrier there, you know, how are you addressing that language barrier? Are you, are you bringing in the vet once a month to tell them the protocols or are you bringing in somebody, it may still be the vet, but actually trying to get input back from them as well. So it's more than a one-way conversation. Um, and if you know your female employees are less likely to speak up, then go ask them. <laughs> you know, right. be, be out there working with them. Uh, you know, when their shift is done, talk with them about how the shift is going. Is everything working well? Um, what are you seeing out there? You know, really, it's being a coach. It's more than just being the employer or the manager saying, you know, here's our protocols. I've, you know, I've instructed you on the protocols, you know, let's, why aren't they being done um, to really trying to coach that person to understand the protocols and then achieve the goals that you'd, you'd like to achieve on the farm. We really know you've got that when they start talking about our cows or my cows uh, yeah, <laughs> um, or us, you know, speaking as a team, you really know you're starting to make some progress in that area. Absolutely. And then it's all, all the common goal of improving the farm together as a, mm -hmm. as a team. Uh, when a lot of these farms started, it was all family labor. And, um, and there's, you know, not a lot of education in this area for them, you know, not a lot of core curriculum if they're going to the university for their degree require human resource management or employee development training. So it's an area where you know, it's a huge need, as you said earlier, um, it has huge impacts on the farm, really every area of the farm, because we're doing the work through employees, but yet have very little training and very little experience. And so 
came up with this crazy idea of um, interviewing employees anonymously for farmers to get their input, providing that back to farmers and say, okay, what can we do to improve upon this? Where are our strengths and weaknesses? How can we use that to uh, attract employees to the farm and, and also keep turnover low on farms? That was kind of the impetus for the project. When I was reading the introduction, a little bit of literature review cited Ritter in, in 2017 talking about the array of factors that, that matter with you know problem awareness, perception of responsibility, effectiveness of strategies, farmers' perception to ability to implement perceived benefits and the disadvantages. So of those five, perception was three. Yeah, and so a lot of these, just the perceptioning of, of how to handle situations was a regular theme that kept coming up in the paper. And, and so even if one guy thinks everything's perfect, if your whole team doesn't think everything's perfect, then it doesn't, the perception's not there. It's not perfect, period. Right. Uh, right. So that, that puts you in, into a different box of thinking almost in, in that I think often when we're planting corn or milking a cow, there's very procedural thought. And um, it's easy to fall into procedure where some of this is a little less procedural, a little more qualitative instead of quantitative and um, still very valuable information. So. Yeah. yeah, extremely valuable. If you go back to the Ritter paper, uh, one of the things that may keep a farm from thinking this is something they can work on is, is, is there really any differences between farms, you know, and what's possible? And what that paper really showed was, yeah, there's some really big differences between farms. Um, we looked at turnover rates on these farms just in the project that went from single digits, uh, which, which would mean, you know, if I had 20 positions, I had less than two people I hired last year. Okay, so mm -hmm. not more than 90% of my employees were sticking around. And then we had farms in the high end that had triple digits, which doesn't mean that all the employees left, those 20 employees didn't leave, but some of those positions were turning over a lot of the times. And you just think about the impact of that on teamwork on the farm, on your management ability, on, um, you know, the employees' feelings of satisfaction. I mean, it's, it's not fun for existing employees to have to continually bring on a new employee and help provide that training for them. And so there's a lot of things that come along with that turnover that if we can get that down, you know, that's an important, important thing to do. You bring up a good point. I always think about the economic side of turnover, but you're thinking also about just the social aspects of it where you're creating maybe not conflict in a negative tone, but just conflict in a different environment. It's almost yep. as you, when you, move cattle around in the barn, you're always going to have that socialization or stratification of the boss cow. And, and of course we have that with humans too, you know, and so uh, oh, and yeah. definitely yeah, something absolutely. to be cognizant of. And I'm certain that it impacts efficiency. And I found it interesting in, in some of your conclusions, you were talking about that the employee's likeliness to recommend the farm really mm -hmm. depended on whether or not they thought the person they were talking to had experience with cattle or if they were going to work correctly or work hard. And so their perception of who they wanted to invite in was relative to, will that make my job easier too? Will we all work together better to get it, get it done, recognizing the culture of the farm? Um, yeah. I mean, good, good employees want 
other good employees on the farm. And, uh, you know, that improves, improves every, every aspect of it. It's part of that relationship component that, that we really found important in the paper. It was really interesting. I thought you really spoke to another data point that was talking about the frequency of engagement and -hmm. whether or not that was positive or negative. And so it's, if the only time you talk to someone is to reprimand them, of course, that's not going to be a positive response. And so maybe through this onboarding process, you establish a schedule of interactions that can be positive and engaging around that learner type behavior, asking questions and interacting develops and fosters that relationship around cattle and, and around the idea of advancing the farm. I also thought it was, it was really cool that the employee's perception of how much the owner or manager or supervisor cared about the advancement of the farm, right? Their perception yep. of how much you care is directly correlated to how much they care. <laughs> and yep. of course, you know, but I guess the reason why that hit home, especially through right now, is I think we've all been through some hard hard times, right? The milk price hasn't been quite quite ideal recently and and it's it sometimes it's hard to um always come ready you know i don't know how to articulate it per se but recognizing that if you come present to work ready to be engaged you're going to be better off fueling your team with enthusiasm than if uh, if you're not present or if you get if you get too far down, then they don't see that leadership that they need from their supervisor, from their manager, from their owner. Yeah, um, you hit on a key, key word there of leadership, you know, and that's what we're trying to encourage or coach, if you will, um, from our perspective for farm employees, employers, farm owners, managers, is really, you know, how do I become a leader? Well, leadership is about leading people. And so, there, you know, there's definite areas for improvement. Um, you know, it's, it's taking time each day to think about uh, and to work with employees because they're, they're going to be getting the job done. They're going to be helping you um, do a better job. You know, the ultimate goal would be for those employees to become better at, at something than you could possibly be or that you are. So really working to, to help employees be successful is leadership. It's easy to, you know, management is, is about getting the job done. Leadership is about working with those employees, helping them to grow, helping them to get the job done. Really walk away being, being more satisfied in their job, giving you above and beyond what, what a machine is going to give you. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. So yeah, if, if, if you're not milking the, with robots, you need to have, uh, you need to have some interactions. You yeah. need to fill their sociological need. Um, and, and I learned a lot reading your literature review talking about autonomy and relatedness and competence. People need to feel effective. They need to feel like they have a choice or, or control of their space. It, they need to feel like they're cared about. And by creating that relationship dynamic, then you're going to create an employee that wants to bring their mind and their body to work. When I read that line, I was like, wow, that's, that's a great concept. I want my employee to be so engaged that they're bringing their mind and their body, you know, instead of just coming in, 
punching a ticket and milking the cows and getting done. You know, and I think that's really very insightful for producers to recognize ways that they can impact this directly. And I always caution producers, we're not wearing rose-colored glasses. Uh, We know it's not 100% that you'll achieve 100% likely with with all of your employees fully engaged. Uh, But that's the goal. And if you have one out of 20 um, that's not, that's still better than 10 that aren't. (laughs) And so it it is a progressive thing. It's working towards that goal and, you know, really trying trying to improve in this area. Employees want it. You mentioned progressive. Employees want to be part, just like we all do. You want to be part of the winning team, right? You want to be a part of a, an organization that's making a difference. The more farmers can show that through their leadership, the more likely they are, first of all, to get the right people walking in the door, but then secondly, to keep the right people on the farm. Absolutely. And another, another thing I noticed was about milkers. Can you, can you talk mm-hmm. about how to handle milking? Because it looked like if their primary job was milking, they were less likely to stick around. Yeah. And there's, there is some interaction here too, of course. And you mentioned that earlier. There's a lot of these that interplay on each other. And so milker is undoubtedly confounded with Spanish speaking uh, employees because on our larger farms that the way we get a bulk of that that job done is filled by Spanish-speaking employees. So there are some confounding things going on there. But really what it means is, you know, for that milking uh, parlor, again, are you present? Are you down there mm-hmm. working with them, especially from day one? But ongoing, you know, it's, it's too easy to, uh, with your good employees, to figure you've got that covered mm-hmm. <laughs> and start spending time all the time with your problem employee, if you will. And um, that's probably the worst thing that you could do. You need to be affirming those, those good employees, letting them know what they're doing well, you know, giving them positive feedback. Uh, so in the Melkin part of that, that looks like going in there on a regular basis, including the night shift, finding somebody from the management team that's going to check in every once in a while with that night mm-hmm. shift. Coaching them, okay, you know the protocol, but I'm seeing, you know, that this isn't happening, you know, working through that protocol with them. Um, we often hear from employers, well, I told them once, how many times do I have to tell them? Well, we all need to be told multiple right. times. And, and frankly, learning isn't ending because everything's always changing. New ideas are coming up. So teaching is ongoing. So get Absolutely. used to the idea of being out there with them, helping them coaching them, finding out what's going on in their lives as you're working beside them on occasion there in the milking parlor. That's probably the best thing that you can do there. It is an area that's higher turnover, which means that you're going to have to be present more often. So across farms, when you were working with these different farms, and I recognize that they were larger as, as indicated in your, in your mm-hmm. title, how can we correlate this data set to to smaller farms do you think that it would would you anticipate that it would be highly correlated to small farms also absolutely it's a a great question because we did need to do that because of you know one to guarantee some anonymity of the answers by the employees but when you when you talk about the three areas that we're talking about you the autonomy that the ability, if you will, to do the right thing. It's not freedom to do whatever you want, which is what people get scared of. It's freedom to, be, to do the right thing, which means they understand the goals, they understand the job, um, so that if something comes up, they can actually handle it versus coming and looking for you. 
that relatedness component in the competence, you know, getting the training, getting the coaching to feel like we all want to feel like we know what we're doing, right? We don't want to be left in the dark. So addressing those three areas is really about people, right? It's what you and I want. So it stands to reason. And this proves out in our research that it's what employees want as well. And so that doesn't matter on the size because people are people in that regards even a family member, and maybe sometimes even more importantly, a family member. Because again, with family, just like good employees, we tend to kind of not spend a lot of time thinking about uh, the leadership management aspect um, with those individuals. So I think it sheds light on things that we take for granted with family. Mm -hmm. And we need to go back and say, okay, are are we meeting those needs? How are we doing in those areas with family? Because we got some, we got some great comments back, you know, on the, on these larger farms. In some cases, family are also employees mm-hmm. uh, as well. So we encouraged them to fill out both sides if they'd like to. Now, we don't know that if they did or not because those were anonymous, but some of the answers to questions occasionally you'd think, I think that person was one of me in the truth. And, you know, and they, they come up against the same things that your uh, non-family employees do. Mm-hmm. Um, the same types of concerns, the same things affect them. Yeah. So I think it has great application no matter what your size of farm is. And I could see the relationship is correlated also. So they would, they would say, they would respond that the relationship was lower if they didn't know who their supervisor was. And so when I was, when I was reading that, I was imagining say a hundred cow dairy where you've got dad, son, and employee. And there's maybe conflicting information that might be coming from dad and son, but the employee sees them both as the supervisor. And it's hard to delineate which one is supposed to be. And so that can definitely fester in the relationship building process um, without true leadership and knowing who is my supervisor. Be sure that we're clearly identifying that so that there's no confusion and that the leadership is just this resonating word that keeps coming up. Our managers, owners, supervisors, they all need to be great leaders. Right. Yep. Good point. Awesome. And, and again, that follows, as you say, from large farm to small farm, it's one employee can get very uh, frustrated by not knowing who they're actually supposed to listen to, who they're supposed to go to with issues if everybody's kind of chiming in. Um, and it also leads, of course, on the other end, who do I go to to get the answer that I want? <laughs> so right. It just, yeah. it just is not a good scenario either way. We need to be clear about, about areas of responsibility on the farm uh, so that they can have open, clear communication with management. It feels like some of those are the growing pains that we experience here in Missouri when, when farms try to expand and start to hire in employees is that there's this tug and pull between the different management uh, layers. And so that's not an employee problem, guys. You know, that's uh, that's a, we got to clean up our house so that we're ready to foster a really great culture for our our workforce. Um, And sometimes that's a bigger, harder discussion than developing a workforce even. You just, you got to hash that out. Who is the leader of the farm? I've ran into that a lot. Uh, So this is a paper related, but it points out the need for good management team meetings as well. You know, so we should have employee meetings. We should also have management meetings. Uh, so we're on the same page. Right. So critical. And if you're a family, family run farm, smaller in scale, you still need to do that regularly. 
not quarterly, not once a year, not at the Thanksgiving table, but regularly. <laughs> it's tricky, but yep. it's a bit of an art to be mindful. There's always something to do on a farm. And so you mm -hmm. go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden you realize you haven't committed the time and the energy and the effort to really foster this relationship. And, and that's hard. It's yeah. very difficult to deliberately set time to make yep. that happen. Yep. But the returns can be tremendous if you can retain more employees and ensure that 1.7 times more likely to stay. Imagine mm -hmm. the efficiency of keeping keeping a workforce that that knows what they're doing, that knows they can get along, that ah, oh, the efficiency's great. So, mm -hmm. yep, yep. It, recognizing that it there's opportunity there that mm -hmm. you can make a difference you know, can keep us motivated to move forward and, and try to improve in this area. And, you know, we asked all these questions. We had, as you said, 21 graded questions and eight open-ended questions. And are you going to get everything right? No. But this is like any area of management, you know, you can get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And uh, if employees see you working on it, see you trying to, to get a little bit better at uh, different areas um, that you know you're weak in, that, that's huge in and of itself. Again, it shows that you're trying to be progressive. They want to be a part of that kind of a farm. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, start working on it today. <laughs> start small and, and it'll grow. I can't thank you enough, Stanley, for uh, taking time today to talk about this opportunity to improve your employee management and, and the actual brass tacks of, of how to do it and what to pursue first. And I want to applaud you for taking time out of your day today to think of ways to improve your farm's employee management, even if those employees are your relatives. This has been the fourth edition of Dairy Science Digest, a monthly podcast designed to bring the Journal of Dairy Science to your ears. We highlight peer-reviewed research articles that are currently in press to provide you with sound science to base your management decisions around. And this is all afforded to you by your University of Missouri Dairy team. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to get future editions straight to your cell phone. This is Reagan Bluell with Dairy Science Digest signing off. I hope you have a great and safe silage harvest.